0: Everybody, Matt here yelling at birds. Welcome. I appreciate you being here. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. In a little bit after the break, I will um, share with you just some thoughts that I've had on everything. A um, lot of things. You know, we are we are creatures of habit. We do like our structures. We like to live free within those structures. But we like the structures nonetheless. We like to be able to predict what's going to happen. If we can't predict what's happening or what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going on, obviously anxiety, stress, depression. And we've been living through, what, two months now of not being able to predict what's going to happen. And it's been kind of a, not just 2020, it's been kind of a, a year or two of just kind of things, are, things seem like they're getting crazy. Whether you believe that's fueled by the media, by politics, by politics, by current events, what have you. Um, It just is. You know, a lot of people have been thrown off, and when that happens, obviously we get a little anxious, and we're seeing that play out in our day-to-day interactions and news and everything that's going on. So a little bit later I'll go over, or go over. I'll get into that, just myself rambling like I'm rambling right now. But I appreciate that you're here. Thank you very much for listening, um, I don't this make, this part makes me uncomfortable, but gotta do it. If you want to support my work and what I'm doing here, I'd love to continue interviewing people, sharing my thoughts, interacting with you all. If you'd like to contribute, uh, there is a spot to support a button to support my work on anchor.fm. backslash yelling at birds. There is a support button. Otherwise, yellingatbirds.com, there's a donate button up in the upper right-hand corner. Uh, You can make a little contribution, make a monthly contribution. You can also find me on Patreon. Or at the very least, you know, reach out to me, let me know how you're doing. If you want me to talk about anything, if you'd like to be on in the future, or share it, share the podcast with family and friends. Uh, Getting the word out is tremendously helpful, and... For those of you that are interacting already and sharing my sharing my my podcast already, thank you. And for those of you who haven't and are just listening, also, thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate your attention. And I think that's about it. So we'll have a little anchor advertisement here in a little bit, and then I will get into kind of my thoughts. Hmm, 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 hmm. Hello, Um, this, (laughs) I'll probably put all that in, Um, welcome to Yelling at Birds, Matt here, thank you for being here, I really appreciate it. Um, Hopefully I'll keep this one short and sweet, we'll see, Um, we'll see what happens. Um, But I just wanted to go over a few thoughts that I've been, thoughts I've been thinking about over the last couple of days, uh, last couple of weeks actually. And obviously it, it has to do with current, current events. Um, you know, uh, there are a group of people growing larger, trying to you know, take the momentum we have right now and fight for, um, fight for more equality and better treatment and better recognition of the struggle that they're going through. And I think that's extremely important to... To you know be here to listen and be here to understand and I know not everybody feels that way and that's just is is what it is and I think it's unfortunate but um, obviously talking about the black lives matter uh, movement going on right now um, or just going on again that's has been going on for a long time and I guess, one of the thoughts I had about the whole thing, you know, I, I do look at it as, you know, coming from a recovery point of view, um, I was trying to kind of wrap my head around that thinking of thinking of racism, especially systemic racism, and uh, bringing that to light and having people really listen to the experiences of others and really try to understand I see that as it's, there are similarities to recovery when it comes to uh, uh, damaging choices, when it comes to alcoholism, addiction, um, recovery in that sense, especially you know, looking at it through the lens of smart recovery, uh, which is really just you know, trying to give you um, better options, better ways of thinking um, so you're not damaging yourself and why I think of it that way is um, because we have basically we have essentially people that are you know living in or you know I guess benefiting from a, an implicitly racist system you know you don't see the problem and you could go your whole life and not realize there is a problem, and rightfully so. I mean, if you don't see it, if you don't experience it, if you don't um, talk to people that are that are being affected by it day in and day out, it's hard to it's hard to really accept that there is a problem. So that makes me think of uh, somebody that is you know right at that point in time in in going through uh, a certain addiction and they have their, it makes me think of, you know, maybe not so much an intervention, which it kind of feels like it sometimes, but it makes me think of somebody that is, like myself, for example. Um, I had, you know, plenty of times through, you know, when I was drinking, when I was, um, you know, making those choices myself, and really using alcohol to escape, using alcohol to, cope with certain things and really pulling myself out of the world and isolating. I had, you know, friends that would, you know, I had bosses, I had friends, I had people around me that, you know, never really fully confronted me, but alluded to the fact that there seemed to be a problem. And of course I denied it, I disagreed, I maybe saw that there was an issue and I just chose not to do anything about it. I chose to just continue to repeat that cycle. Um, so that makes me think of, you know, leaders in the black lives matter movement and, you know, black leaders, uh, indigenous leaders, people of color, they're really the, the friends and family right now that are sitting around us telling us that there's a problem. And we're, we are at that point where we can either listen and start to make we can listen and start to um, think about ways or listen to them and, and hear them and think about ways how, ways in which we can start making positive changes and start seeing kind of the ingrained negative thought process that, processes that we've been um, living with and we're at the point where we can listen and start to make a change in ourselves or we can continue to deny deny that there's a problem, maybe deny that maybe accept that there is a problem, but deny that it's that severe, that that deny that it's something that requires us to actually do something about it. Um, So that's that's kind of where I see myself or see us at this point right now is where we were addicted to a certain way, a certain level of comfort, um, a certain level of ignorance blissful ignorance our entire lives, and I'm sure that there's points in time where you knew something was wrong, and I know there is. I know that it's, you're going through your life and as long as something doesn't affect you too greatly or it doesn't affect somebody clo- you know, close to you too much, you can continue just kind of putting the blinders on and, and living the rest of your life uh, with, that, with that ignorance. And as long as you're not, you're not actually um, being overtly racist to somebody, you're still a good person and you're still fine and you can still kind of move forward. But I don't, that's just not enough and it's never going to be enough. I think that we really owe it to the people that are going through these things day in and day out their entire lives that are taking it upon themselves to tell us there's an issue. I think that they're really extending an olive, olive branch and and giving us a roadmap on, on what we should be doing um, or things that we can learn. And that's why I kind of relate what we're, what, what's happening now to, um, to what happens in recovery. And the other thing, you know, it's not enough. Um, Why, why just posting something isn't enough? Why just, you know, fine, I won't, I won't make racist jokes anymore. Uh, It kind of reminds me of, you know, the Me Too movement as well, you know, fine, I won't make inappropriate jokes anymore. No. um, What happens in recovery is, you know, abstinence from whatever addictive action you were taking, that's just one step. That's just one step. It's not enough um, with alcoholism and drinking. It's not enough for me just to not drink. That's bare minimum. That's step one. Uh, In the current situation, it's not enough for us just to um, not be an overt racist ourselves. It's not enough. Um, If you want recovery in an addictive situation, if you want recovery, you first have to stop the action But then you have to really learn about yourself. You really have to listen to the people around you that are telling you that there's a problem. You have to listen with the intent to learn and to hear that person. And you have to take action. You also have to want to change. You also have to want to take action. That's another huge part too. But just not being a racist isn't good enough. Where just not, me, just not drinking isn't good enough. Somebody with a heroin addiction, just not ta- just not doing heroin anymore isn't enough. In the recovery world, you have to look at the, the biggest question, the why. So for alcoholism, I have to think about why did I feel the need? So I used alcohol, let's say, to escape and to isolate myself. The why is, why did I use it? Not even why did I use it. Why did I feel the need to escape? Why did I feel the need to isolate myself from everyone else? What was below, what was behind everything? And that's obviously a step that we need to take now, that we should take. You know, people can, you can choose to do whatever you want. Um, Of course there'll be consequences to every choice that you make. And I feel, to to the people being um, negatively affected day in and day out by a certain problem, obviously the solution feels like a need. And it should be, but you're going to choose to do whatever you want. So people choosing to continue to benefit from and ignore a systemic racist problem, you have to, when you're told you know when you make that choice to take that first step you have to you know think about your why's and you have to want to change so, so your why is as to you know why did you turn a blind eye to it you knew there was a problem why did you choose not to do anything why did why did you choose not to speak up in certain situations when you knew that something wrong was happening the other why that i'm interested in is you know people that when they hear black lives matter it makes certain, it makes people, some people feel uncomfortable to hear that. It gives, it, it agitates you. And I would be interested to know why. Why does it agitate you? To acknowledge the importance of a group of people. And I know that sometimes it can feel when that when a certain group of people are getting a certain amount of attention, that that attention is not going to be there for you anymore, or a certain group of people start to gain ground and get more rights that it means less rights for everyone else and that's simply not the case and so maybe it's that you know maybe that's why it makes some people feel uncomfortable I hope I mean I hope it's just that simple that you just have to realize that you know equal rights doesn't mean less you know equal for one group doesn't mean less for the other that we all want to get to the point where um, we are just treated equally in the world, you know, judged by, by our actions instead of how we look. But it's not gonna just happen, you know. It's not just going to, it's not just gonna, we can't just sit back and let somebody else take care of it. And I know that that's the, that's the inclination in, I mean, that's the fallback for us as people, as human beings, you know, the path of least resistance. It's uncomfortable to have certain conversations with your friends and family. It's, un, it's uncomfortable to confront somebody that's doing something wrong. It's uncomfortable, but I hope that you can, you know, listen to people that are being affected by, that are affected by racism, that are affected by brutality and know that that little bit of uncomfortableness, uncomfortableness, if that's a world, that, li- that little bit of discomfort that you'll feel is nothing compared to the massive amount of discomfort that an entire group of people will feel, that, that they do feel day in and day out through their entire lives, from what they've heard from their grandparents, their parents, what they see every day. That, you know, because I, because maybe, just because you haven't seen something doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Just because you haven't experienced it yourself doesn't mean that it's not a problem. That's where em- empathy comes in. It's being able to listen to someone else, hear their hear hear what they're going through, accept it as accept the struggles that they're telling you about as actual strugg- struggles that they're facing. Um, I mean, I have the benefit of if I'm going, if I'm walking through a store, um, I have the benefit that n- not everyone's going to be staring at me the whole, the whole time, or I can just assume that I'm not being watched. I've never had to go through an area or a place feeling eyes on me 24 7. And if someone's eyes are on me and I'm out in public, I'll assume that maybe they think I'm cute or something. I'm not gonna, I don't feel in danger. I don't feel like I'm being. Watched all the time, um, I have the benefit of making a mistake and not worrying about being killed for it so I don't know that was my my little thought like thinking about um, thinking about systemic racism at, in terms of a recovery in terms of thinking about the state of us as people in a point in time where recovery is being offered and I think we should take it. I think we should, I think we should listen to, to people, especially those that are going through, that, that have to deal with this stuff, you know, for their entire lives. I can choose not to, I can choose not to engage. I can choose to sit, st- sit by and just go about my life and be fine. Some people can't, a lot of people can't. And I think we owe it to them to listen with, to what they have to say, and to look at ourselves, look deep within ourselves, figure out, um, ask ourselves those questions, those whys. You know, why, why is this happening to them? You know, why does, why does this make me feel uncomfortable? Um, why have I been okay, just coasting so long? You know, for my entire life. Why do I have to worry about this? you know, why is this system in our country, you know, why, why has our country been set up this way? I don't know. I'm getting off track here. Um, But that was it. I just kind of wanted to get that out. Um, I have some more interviews coming up that I'm looking forward to. I really appreciate you being here and listening to me ramble, ramble. And I hope to do more of it. So. Um, oh, I'm bad at I'm bad at um, advertising myself. But uh, if you would like to support the work I do or allow me to do more of these things, you know, I'd like to I'd like to continue doing more. Uh, you know, obviously, this this podcast has has kind of central centered on recovery, but I also like to hear about other people's you know experiences that are different from mine because I want to learn from them and I wanna I wanna Grow that base of empathy, um, and I. It's on top of that. I, I, I think that having people on my show, um, when other people watch, when other people listen to someone that sounds like them, looks like them, or has gone through experiences that they have, it feel it makes those listeners, those watchers, feel heard and feel understood, and not feel so alone. That's what's that's what's most important to me about this show, is. I want everyone to feel represented. I want everyone to feel like, you know, I've, like even if they're the only person going through that specific problem that they're going through, that there's other people that have gone through similar circumstances, and that, and that they're not alone. That there's other people out there like them. So that's that's why I do this. That's the main point. It, you know, one of the points is just getting stuff off my head, getting stuff out of my brain. And then the other one is, I want just the more people I can reach out to and connect to, the more people potentially that this show can reach and those and those people that it's reaching um, can feel you know more a part of this world that we have, more a part of this civilization that we've created uh, so. YellingAtBirds.com, there is a spot to donate if you'd like to help me out, um, help support the show, help me do more of these, uh, YellingAtBirds.com, upper right-hand corner, donate. That's where you can uh, give your contribution. I don't like asking for things like this, but what are you going to do? That's all I have. Uh, I hope you all have a great week. Thank you very much for being here and listening, and uh, keep yourselves safe out there. Uh, listen listen to the CDC listen to the WHO uh, listen to the black community the indigenous community and people of color listen to what they're going through listen to list listen to them talk to enough of them uh, I mean there's not enough but you should be willing to to hear about and learn about experiences that aren't like your own and you should be open to accepting the fact that maybe these people are telling you the truth. That's all I got. Have a good day. Thank you.